Greetings, friends and fellow passionate high achievers. It is 6.47 p.m. on a lovely Sunday afternoon. And the thought I have to share with you today came from a card that I just added to my Zettelkasten. There was a, 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 a blog from Seth Godin that came on August 10th, if I'm remembering correctly, that I just finally turned into a card and added to my my Zettelkasten note-taking system. And it was a very short blog post. Uh, Seth Godin has done a daily email blog for over two decades now. Some of them are longer and, you know, more more complex and others are just simply one line. And that's what this one was. But it just, it really struck me as as worth remembering. And the, the title was When in Doubt, Look for the Fear. Uh, and then the the simple line was just basically saying, if somebody acts in a surprising way, a, a good place to start would be to look at what they might be afraid of. And it reminded me of a quote that I heard um, from a Bill Clinton biographer about how Bill Clinton, anytime someone was just kind of just seemed off or was being difficult, you know, or there was tension, it, the first thing he would do, instead of taking it personally, the first thing he would do was ask himself the question, have they gotten enough sleep? Have they eaten? You know, what's their day been like so far? And I think I've mentioned before how I, I try to remember as hard as it can be as a parent dealing with all my own crap, you know, to, to think about that when I'm when I'm interacting with my son or any other kid or adult for that matter. Because uh, it is amazing. I know my self-control and willpower and emotional regulation falls off a cliff if I've had a bad night's sleep or if I'm hungry or if the day has been stressful. We just have a limited tank and it gets depleted as we go through our day. Actually, my son is is has this very kind of visual and and concrete and nuts and bolts sort of way of of thinking about these things and you know he would talk about his bars like his energy bar and his love bar and and he would use that I don't even know where he got it from but he would use that to communicate to me just how he was feeling like if his love bar was low it just meant he needed some snuggles you know or if his he would learn to to use that metaphor to recognize, still does, when he's hungry, when he's just being moody and overly reactive because he's hungry. And there was a book, this is, is going to be a bit of a winding story for a moment. There's a, I think it was actually technically young adult fiction. There was a book that I read, don't remember the name of it. It was a science fiction book and it was this kid who, I don't know, this boy who ended up on the run. It was one of those, like, he had some sort of special powers and the government is after him and his parents are out of the picture. Um, you know, he's. I, I'm pretty sure it's one of those where he thinks they're dead, but maybe they're not, whatever. Um, but his parents had known of this potentiality because of whatever was going on in the story. So they instilled him with all of these like rules, like laws for him to follow as he 
you know, as he moved through life, things that would, if he ever ended up in, you know, the kind of crazy, you know, life threatening situations he was in, they would, they would help him, um, you know, stay alive. So I kind of took that idea and started creating little missions for Leo around the time he was two or three years old. I started this very, very young and we got up to about 15 before it kind of just had run its course and he didn't need it anymore. And it was, you know, it was getting to the point where it was just too many. Um, but the first five or even really up through 15, I remember we, we talked about a lot and I feel like I see signs that maybe fingers crossed that they're, they're working for the intended purpose, even though we don't talk about them anymore. Um, so I'm just going to share them, uh, as, as briefly, you know, go through the, the 15 that we talked about a lot. Um, and mission number one was listen to your mama. Um, especially, you know, as a two, three year old, you know, just really trying to, to help him, you know, tune into the person that was going to, to help guide him. Um, so that one was very self-serving. Uh, mission number two is be your best self. Uh, obviously not something that a three or four year old is going to be able to understand what that means completely, but they do know how to be kind. They know what it means to share. They, they know how to be a relatively good human to other humans. So even though that was something that was always going to be evolving, it was a soundtrack, even before John Acuff had written that book, it was a soundtrack that I wanted to embed in him to just be your best self. Um, and then we've had conversations over the years of, you know, just that your best can change from day to day. Uh, your best one day is not going to be the same as the next day if you haven't gotten a good night's sleep or you're tired um, or you haven't eaten, you know, those kind of things. Um, but just wherever you're at, just just do the best that you can. Uh, mission number three was practice patience. And this one I probably got it, I think, somewhere random online, but we had this little practice, um, especially when he was younger, that when he wanted my attention, he would come over and he would put his hand on my arm. And then, you know, if I was in conversation or whatever, and then I would put my hand on his hand to say, like, to acknowledge him and let him know basically that he was on deck, uh, but that I needed to finish whatever conversation I was having. And there were times that he would forget. And all I had to do was hold up the number three, hold up three fingers, and that would remind him to practice patience. He would put his hand on my arm. I would put my hand on him to acknowledge him, let him know that he was seen and that you know, I was going to get to him as quick as I could based on the conversation. Um, so that was number three, practice patience. And that, that little trick, I totally stole it from someone online, the hand thing. Spectacular. If you have kids between the ages of like two and five, especially that little practice was a lifesaver, um, just to get them to not be doing the mom, mom, mom thing while you're trying to like, while you're on the phone or whatever it is. Um, and then mission number four was show appreciation. 
So basic P's and Q's, you know, say thank you to people. Mission number five was to be a Quester's Way ambassador. When he was three years old to the time that he was seven, um, we were homeschooling and our homeschool was our Quester's Way facility. So he was in there a lot, 10 hours, sometimes even 12 hours a day. We were hanging out there because there was a restaurant people made us food. It was great. I can't wait to have a Quester's Way back again so I can have, I can just hire chefs to make me food. Um, but, uh, but we were there a lot and he represented me. And that's a tough thing, you know, to, to be that role model at that young of an age. But I, I needed to instill in him the fact that, that he was representative of the center. So make sure that you're being kind and patient and showing appreciation, sharing with other kids, being welcoming, you know, be an ambassador for all the awesomeness that is Quester's way. And he, he loved that place. So he, he really got what that meant. Um, mission number six, I feel like we're still working on, but it was seek solutions. So rather than focusing on the problem, try to try to find a solution rather than just getting tunnel vision. Uh, mission number seven was to show empathy, you know, pay attention to how other people or feeling. Mission number eight was to take personal responsibility. So kind of goes along with the seeking solutions. If you don't like something, do something about it. Or if you make a mess, clean it up. Don't leave it for somebody else to deal with. Take responsibility. And I was just thinking the other day, my kid keeps his room pretty clean for a almost 11 year old. His clothes go in the laundry basket. I have trained him as part of his like morning routine to clean up anything that got left out from the day before. He makes sure to clear his room of like dishes and just random stuff at the end of the day. Um, so he's done pretty good with picking up that one. Um, mission number nine is breathe, focus, go. So that was you know, that one's to take a belly breath, which is something that we teach. So take a diaphragmatic breath, just focus in on on the solution, you know, the outcome you're trying to produce and then take action rather than, you know, letting your emotions get the best of you and then getting stuck and, you know, just in spiraling and, and getting more and more upset. So it's just breathe, focus on what you need to do, get it done, you know, so that you can move on and do the fun thing. Uh, mission number 10 is the one that I taught him at three years old, thinking about him at 16 years old. So in this one was no secrets between Mama and Leo. And then I would ask him, what does that mean? And he would say, tell the truth. And that one is still something that I just beat him over the head with. Just he can. And, you know, as he's gotten older, obviously, I don't expect him or pressure him to tell me everything, but I make sure he understands that the absolute worst thing he can do is lie to me because anything else we can work out. And that this is at three years old, I was thinking about what am I going to do when my kid is 16 and they're going to parties or you know, potentially out with friends and maybe there was alcohol involved or other situations. And now they're in a position where they shouldn't be driving themselves or they're with people who shouldn't be driving or they're at a party and, you know, they recognize that people are making bad decisions or they've made a bad decision and now they're afraid to talk to me. I do not want that to happen. If he ends up at a party 
drunk as a skunk at 16 years old. I want my son to call me rather than get in a car. So the most important thing is for him to tell me the truth. The rest we can figure out, but his his safety has to come first. So that one has been huge. And then mission 11 is the one that I thought of with that Seth Godin blog way back at the start of this podcast. Uh, Mission number 11, I would ask him, what does every human being on this planet want? And the answer that he would give back to me is to be seen and to be heard. And that that's what reminded me of the the Seth Godin blog about like when in doubt, look for the fear. You know, when if someone's acting weird, just unexpected, they get angry or upset or offended by something um, or they withdraw and pull away and, and start ghosting you. You know, what's what's going on there? And I think fear is a part of it. Um, I don't think it's always the full story. I think it's a good it's a good route to like a, a root cause to to look towards. But I think sometimes there's there's more that's going on there. Um, although not being seen or not being heard is you, you could categorize that as a fear, I guess. But really, people just want to know that they're accepted and that and then that they're getting what they want, you know, and sometimes giving people what they want isn't appropriate because there are some people that will just take and take and take. But in the end, most people just want to know that they are valid as human beings, that people see them, that people hear and understand whatever it is they're trying to share with the world. So even if you're trying to teach someone a new way of thinking, one of the the skills or, you know, techniques or practices, uh, mindsets that we teach in momentum teaching is pace, pace, lead. You have to meet them where they are. If you just, you know, that's, this is one of the problems with the way that, you know, our our country is divided or all of that garbage that's happening is just people so dug in that they can't it, it almost feels too dangerous there's too much fear to even acknowledge any kind of logic or truth to how the other side is feeling but until the person that you're debating with feels seen and heard they're not going to see or hear you they're just going to entrench in what whatever position they're taking. So that that first step of making sure that the other person is seen and heard does not mean you have to agree, but you see them and you hear what they're saying and you at least have enough curiosity and respect for them to try to understand where they're coming from. The world would be a better place if more people did that. Um, and then so Leo's mission number 12 is speak positively and kindly. Uh, I think that one speaks for itself. Uh, mission number 13 was make your own luck. You know, don't don't expect luck to happen to you. It's your actions that determine, you know, how much luck you're going to have in life. Um, mission number 14 is believe in yourself. And then mission number 15 uh, was be respectful and calm with animals and babies. Um, Leo is is a fire child. Um, Leo definitely overstimulates relatively easily. And especially when he was younger, like jumping dogs would really freak him out. He's still not a fan. He doesn't like all of that. The sudden movement, you know, the bigger the dog, the more it kind of freaks him out, um, which I totally respect. I'm not a huge fan of dogs jumping at me either. Um, But his 
you know, his response would be to his energy would go up. And the more his energy goes up, the more the dog's energy goes up. So practicing being calm and respectful. Um, He also loves, has always loved little kids. So there were times with, you know, especially with the little ones, um, when he was younger too, he would just kind of get all over them. So it's like, I know it's exciting, but with animals and with babies, we have to, we have to stay calm and do our belly breaths and make sure we're being, you know, respectful of their space. Um, and there was actually the one, the one other one, um, it really, once it got beyond this, it was like, it was getting unwieldy, but it was a fun experiment. Um, number 16 was be aware of your surroundings. And that is one that we definitely still talk about a lot. Uh, even though we're not really doing the missions and the numbers anymore. Um, just making sure, you know, in, in terms of aware of his surroundings, like don't get hit by a car in the parking lot because you're being oblivious. Um, but also just being aware of other people, making sure you're not in anybody else's space or being too loud in a public place and disrupting other people's ability to have a good time um, or, you know, just getting in people's way, all, all that kind of stuff. Just be aware around you. Make sure you're staying safe and also make sure you're staying respectful of others. Um, so those were Leo's missions growing up. Um I feel like he's a pretty decent kid um, and I can see some of these, you know, manifesting even as he gets older and, you know, those preteen emotions start coming in. Uh, I can see the the fruit, you know, of of these little seedlings starting to to blossom um, and we shall see over the next five to eight years how it all goes. Uh, so that's it for today. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep being you. And remember, what every human being on this planet wants is to be seen and to be heard. And if you do that for others, they will be way more likely to do that for you.